Welcome to Beyond Trauma, a guide for your healing journey. This podcast is a project of Beyond Healing Media, where we value each person's humanity and what life experiences shaped you to be who you are. We, as the hosts of this podcast, seek to embody these ideas as we explore things like trauma, its impact on the body and mind, and even how it has shaped the way that we are in relationships. Trauma is not the end of our journey. So within this podcast, we will also discuss what it's like to heal, move forward, and grow as a human who's experienced pain. Thanks for checking out this podcast. Beyond Trauma is a project of Think Beyond, a listener-funded media house focused on connecting humans through therapy and art. To keep this podcast going, we'd love for you to support us on Patreon by searching patreon.com slash thinkbeyondhealing in your favorite web browser. And don't forget to check out our new merch by going to our website at connectbeyondhealing.com and clicking on the merchandise tab. Hey everyone, welcome back to Beyond Trauma, a guide for your healing journey. Today, uh, I am in a strange space uh, with a group representing the gut triad, uh, eight, nine, and one. You're going to hear Jen's voice. She's going to represent one. But then you're going to hear from two people that you've not heard from before on the podcast. Uh, Caleb is to my right here, who is a dear friend of mine and on the other podcast. So if you do listen to the other podcast, you know Caleb. Um, but Caleb will be representing the nine. As you are, yeah. Not not claiming that I speak for all nine. No, no, and that's too much an pressure. important too point. Much pressure. We're not here to speak to all of the gut triad, eight, nine, and one. Yeah, we're here representing what those uh, elements of life feel like for each of you. Why your number feels right? Uh, I was already bringing in some of the elements <laughs> there. Uh, feels right, um, but then what that looks like when we all get together. How you all see the world. And representing eight is Angel Hirsch, who is um, a longtime friend of Beyond and uh, visiting uh, in person right now from Austin, Texas. So I'm mm-hmm. really glad that you could come and be a part of this. Glad to be here. Yeah, very cool. So <laughs> this is really cool uh, just for me. I was talking before we started recording that um, worked with the Enneagram for a long time, but never had the privilege to sit down with a triad like this, um, who each of them are, well, now it's also occurring to me, occurring to me that we're all therapists sitting yeah, here. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's interesting. interesting. All therapists mm-hmm. uh, sitting here and have used the Enneagram or have studied the Enneagram, have worked with the Enneagram uh, for some time um, and are going to now talk through what those dynamics of the gut triad. I'm a resident of the head triad. I'm connected to... Uh, the gut triad through eight, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I'm stuck in the head triad with seven. So. I come visit you when I'm in stress. Yeah, you I come over to the head triad. It's a good time. Over to a stick and say, "What's up, dude?" <laughs> I visit you in, in health. There you go. That's my favorite spot to bring in some oh. joy into this place. We're all connected. Look at that. Yes. Amazing, amazing. So I'd love to hear just kind of from each of you of what this idea. Uh, Felt like to you when it was first introduced, and what it feels like to you now as we sit here in a circle. I'm 
in this moment, like sit back and not talk first, mm. <laughs> which we talked about before we started recording. Like, who's going to be the one to speak first? It's amazing. It did not, I didn't expect it to be you, Caleb. I don't know why. To speak first? Yeah. Well, you guys were talking about who's going to do it so much before we started <laughs> holding up that I was feeling the <laughs> And then everybody started smiling and, and I had to go. I couldn't do it. I couldn't take it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So, Jen, what was it like for you to think about this episode? I know we talk about right. this right. all the time with where the podcast is going, but even thinking about yourself representing the one yeah. And coming here. I was so excited to do this combination of people specifically and come together as a group and hear about it. I think there's a lot to just learn sitting in conversation and relationship with other from that same triad. Um, so I've had a lot of excitement about it and also haven't sat on the side of being interviewed. So this is, I think, just kind of a neat moment to say, like, we've been talking about it here and there and sharing stories, but to really get to, like, dive in and reflect. Mm. And I think there's a lot of self-reflection we can do, but when it's done with each other, mm -hmm. like with the Enneagram, that's, to me, where I have found, like, you really start to see and learn when people can, like, highlight and ask certain things. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something really meaningful in this moment is, like getting to explore more about what does it mean to be a one by sitting with other people who are you know, mirroring different pieces. Totally. Mm -hmm. I think it's an, a challenging and pushing against the fact of being first. Like when uh -huh. that came up, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely not going to be. Definitely not. No definitely question. Definitely not going to do it. No question about it. I will sit here. Mm. Because that seven wing wants to jump in. And take and, up the And take space over and, and take up a lot more space. Yeah. Um, so in... In my lived experience, um, I'm saying especially being a female, <clears throat> eight, <laughs> hovering over that number um, of dipping into the seven mm. a lot to be, um, to make it a little lighter, mm. um, has definitely been kind of a strategy that I've, yeah. I've found um, that has been very useful throughout my life. Um, <clears throat> But now at kind of the age that I am of realizing, um, also swinging over to nine and finding a lot more, um, there's a picture that comes to my mind of like the, like I always have to be on guard, right? It's like I'm mm. always there, a lot of energy there. But I'm, when I swing over to nine, I realize I can step back, but it's like I peek back in, of, oh. but I'm still here. Don't ever think that I'm, that it's I'm missing Letting on the guard me. down or uh -huh. like, yeah. yeah. I'm still here. I'm a little further, but uh, I'm still here. Mm. But finding a, a lot more peace and rest that I can um, truly feel within me um, of swinging over, over there. But it's mm. taken a few years to get to that point. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, I bet it has. I would love to hear you talk more and hopefully we'll get to this uh, kind of in the episode. but hear more of what that felt sense is like of hovering over the eight but feeling like the world is pulling you kind of into the seven mm -hmm. and i think that's for you the world jen kind of pulled you into the two mm -hmm. kayla for you the world pulled totally. you into the one and kind of mm -hmm. what that's what that's like to have felt that kind yeah. of growing up in the mm -hmm. disposition being i'm in the gut triad like that's where mm. i'm at that's where I thought for so long I was a two because I didn't know how to decipher between like the world pulled me into the two. Like that's where 
uh, the strategy of mine that was the most accepted and well-received, or even that my home environment, like, you know, in- encouraged in ways, but then why did that not make me a two? Was that that point of confusion mm. of like, well, then that's what I am versus what feels like how I really see the world in from the gut in this like one place. And then I borrow from the two in relationships or kind of what people may see me as on the surface. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Curious if anything has stood out to anybody, like as you heard the others talking, like if anything resonated or pushed against, like, how is it feeling? <laughs> Am I going to talk? I'm going to talk first again. Okay. okay. <laughs> We've set the strategy. Okay. It's going to keep the going. template is yeah, set. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would be really curious, Angel, what your felt sense of the eight, nine is. Mm-hmm. Because the nine, eight, I, I, I'd be curious about the overlap. Because in the way I've talked of the world pulled me over to the one, I think there's a lot of positive that I could like mine there. But I, I think I have more of like a negative perception of like my one strategies. In yourself. Uh, like. In my stra- yeah, 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 just for me. And I think because I like that language, like the world pulled me into like that was really important. And um, I want to add something. I hope. Oh, that's interesting. feeling. Ah, I'll just say it and we'll see how it goes. I use language sometimes with that pulled into that at somewhere along the way the world showed you that you would be worthy if you showed like that's what's represented in the pull the reason it pulled you is because it would show your worth you'd be accepted you'd be more valid you'd be more um, rewarded you'd be kept around um, because in yourself it wasn't enough Um, so I'm curious how that kind of feels but just to kind of facilitate what for me that means when we talk about being pulled into yeah what's the difference in that than the perspective of like I was created to be more like a free spirit like a seven and the world demanded me into the one yeah so Mm. that's getting into um, a theory of the Enneagram of the the spiritual essence of the type so for to start you were supposed to be quote unquote a three um but the world showed you that that wasn't going to be enough for you and so you had to default back to the nine and that's where you get some of your yielding kind of like well yeah i don't know if i should chase it because yeah. it's probably just better that i don't yeah and so you just hide in the yield for gen you <clears throat> the seven was supposed to be where you were at but the world showed you that that's unacceptable uh, that you can't just go after what you want and that really the world is not so rosy after all. It's not just about having fun. There's terror, there's injustice, there's uh, people taking advantage of and manipulating and so you're going to be tasked with handling that. And one, an angel for you, uh, going into the two space uh, was where you were designed to be but mm-hmm. somewhere along the way the world showed you that there is injustice, kind of similar to the one. There's people uh, hurting others and that you're really actually going to be on your own despite mm-hmm. how much you want connection. Mm-hmm. So eight is going to be safer. Mm-hmm. That to me is a, a great theory and I think there's a lot of utility in understanding why your growth path is so appealing to you, why it helps you feel so aligned when you actually can find it consistently. Mm-hmm. But I think that when we land in the place the world defaulted us to, 
we look around and see we have these resources of wings next to us. So it's almost like you were, you were built to be your growth path defaulted down into your core type. And then in that state of dysphoria, almost of like, this isn't who I am, like as a really small child looking around and saying, well, I've got these, which one's going to do better? Which one? And for each of you having your language here, Caleb, for you, one was the one that was going to be celebrated, like your ability to follow the rules, your ability to know right and wrong and do right, less yeah. wrong, perform on that basis. Jen, for you, the two of the helper, the mm-hmm. people pleaser, the host, that was going to be a way more um, uh, safe strategy uh, than insisting on the nine side of you. An angel for you, uh, the seven, sounds like it presented more opportunity for mm-hmm. being seen and valid. Mm-hmm. That's helpful to hear it that way because it's been like I, I really think of wings as like the strategies that it does feel like we can like shift amongst those strategies really easily, but wasn't sure how that journey of like going from what we were designed to be into the type, the gut or the core type. Yeah. And then the use of the wings. Mm-hmm. You were saying something at one point, I feel like. <laughs> Hold into the one. I yeah. molded right into whatever conversation we we're having. <laughs> so you're there now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think. Oh well, I'm, I know. Kind of a trailing thought is that what I, what I'd love to know is how does an eight nine feel, but also maybe have some disconfirming positive experiences <laughs> mm-hmm. about the one that can be sort of reori- reorganizing. Because I think my one wing in the pulling over to that zone feels like it was out of necessity not out of mm-hmm. like a willful choice to to actively integrate the like positive attributes of a one yeah um so that's just and but that's my personal journey i think where i'm at right now is i i look at one and think like oh that really serves me to just like better yield mm. but the eight is trying to help me yield in a way that like supports mm. me um but i would love to know more about the one so that it <laughs> i can get kind of disconfirmed in that um mm-hmm. yeah Shall I jump in? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to kind of tie some pieces that's hanging out in my head here together. Um, Jen, for the longest time, I believed I was a counterphobic six. Okay. Okay? Mm. Very angry, very pissed off because, well, that's just the way it was. Um, And once I started diving into... The Enneagram had taken numerous tests, numerous, numerous. Hallmark of an eight. Yes. <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> and they kept coming up, eight. And I was just livid of, oh, this is not, I am a loyalist. This is who I am. This is absolutely, totally, completely who I am. Um, because my seven wing was so strong. Um, and it wasn't until... It was about 2014, 2015 that I really started getting into and began doing some reading. In 2017, I went to a training with Chris Huritz, um, the Sacred Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And he's up giving his explanation of all of the, the types. The types. Mm-hmm. And he starts explaining, describing himself. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, wow, that just, yeah, that resonates. Oh. You know, that six is so strong and he comes out with an eight. 
And I got up and I walked out of it Mm -hmm. because I was so angry because a female hovering over this number, it kind of was like everything hit me in my face of like, it was like a warp Mm. coming to me of, and there it is. It was a really affirming experience, but it was a painfully Mm. confirming experience. But in that of experiencing the seven so strong and how I went to that is I'd like to explain it in a way that the seven is very strong, uh, very fun, very vibrant, um, could step outside of myself. Um, I mean, I was a cheerleader throughout, like even into college, like junior high through college of like, woohoo, this fun, enthusiastic bring it down yes um and i there would be times that i would feel like now i done and identified as the eight would like grab the seven by the hair of the head and yank her down of like nope too much too much vulnerability you are exposing way too Mm -hmm. much of yourself get it together and i would have this like internal conflict of like oh that's right i've got to get myself together and bring my and get back into like this angry position right? there's a oh, lot wow. of strength in the yes the anger inside yes. inside yeah uh-huh that core um yeah just being able to hold on to that and you said <clears throat> that in the for the longest time the counterphobic six um really was what you identified with and i love that you grabbed onto the loyalist because mm-hmm. the eight as i'm as i'm hearing it again in the constellation the eight is going to see that as a really powerful position mm-hmm. the loyalist protects mm-hmm. and the loyalist guards mm-hmm. um, and it does not betray. Mm-mm. But one of the differences, just because you mentioned anger in was mm-hmm. where it was all coming from, the six is using anger out, out. to hide mm-hmm. the fear. Mm-hmm. So th- I just wanted to kind of add that. Yeah, no, exactly. And in discovering that, um, allowed it to be a lot more acceptable. Now, um, at the stage of life where um, I'm, I'm in grown children, going to be um, a grandmother at um, in the fall, mm. um, of really understanding and realizing the nine is something that helps helps ground me. It makes me um, helps me to be more organized, intentional and reserved of I don't have to throw myself out here we're talking beforehand of the seven side of me is I could stand in the middle here and crack jokes and have have the funnest time ever and laugh and yeah entertain um however what I found is a very nice space of being able to enjoy that with others that it's not me Putting that on a show. I don't have to show up and put on a show. I don't have to be the entertainer. Instead, I can enjoy. Hmm. And it's a really just sweet, tender, um, grace-filled spot um, of that nine wing. Yeah. Hmm. It's so fascinating to hear you say that it helps, the nine helps you enjoy, which I think is like maybe the irony. Well, and every number has their irony, but like the irony of the nine is, I'm so good at resting wherever I am that I never enjoy anything. 
Mm-hmm. It's like I can be everywhere but nowhere at the same time if mm-hmm. I'm not aware of it. And yeah. I think for nines, they talk. I've heard a lot of authors talk about inertia as like the quality to pay attention to in a nine. And I have all of these rituals and rhythms that sort of get me up to speed in my day-to-day mm-hmm. life. But my getting up to speed can also be so quickly into an autopilot. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating that it, it, for you, the nine provides like a rest mm-hmm. that helps you enjoy. And Well, yeah, I just love like even thinking about that anger, which I'd love us all to just like transition into talking about <laughs> anger for a second. But with... I'll, I'll probably leave. <laughs> <laughs> the door's locked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, um, Angela, as you were talking about the anger in would sometimes reach up and grab by the hair, a seven that was out, you know, doing whatever, mm-hmm. and pull it down for that level of, of energy to be resting all the time under the surface for the nine to come. Just like what a beautiful, like, oh, I can maybe kind of rest that mm-hmm. anger, knowing it's, it's, it almost has a resolve to it. Like it's not, it doesn't mm-hmm. need to be loud. It can mm-hmm. be deliberate. It can mm-hmm. be grounded in that way. Whereas for you, I'm wondering what, you make of the eight energy mm-hmm. that comes your way. Yeah, I mean, I, to me that it makes so much like body sense. I, there's an article out there that talks about like uh, there's a psychotherapy called body-mind body psychotherapy and they've connected these like basic body movements that even like cells do to the Enneagram and the nine is yielding and then eight and the ones are pushing. Mm-hmm. and for me, my natural is to yield, to just like collapse into a space and take the form that I need to take. Um, but the eight helps me to like collapse, then push against in a way that's like mm-hmm. feeling like, how, how would I be in this space? Yeah. Whereas like the one push is like almost pushing myself into a different position for the rightness of it. Mm. Um, but it makes a ton of intuitive sense for me to start with my yield. But because I start there and it's not my secondary, which I think like your start, Angel, is like to be activated and then to yield mm-hmm. if you pull in the nine. Yeah. Which mine is to yield and then, and then try to get activated. Yeah. And I feel that like, like yeah. to get activated, to push, takes so a lot difficult. of intention. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I relate so much to your description of the nine, like hearing the difference, like experiencing it more that way of, and mine's still just a desire for, not a realization of. Yeah. When you're like, oh, I I found that I really enjoy the space. I'm like, oh, I want that. And I'm playing with it, but Hmm. it's hard. Um, But yeah, that to sit back, to not have to like, and from the one perspective to not have to be the energy in the space to like create order and direction and mm-hmm. rightness mm-hmm. and justice in an experience, but to say like, oh, I can sit back and enjoy an experience even if that's not taking place mm-hmm. in this current moment. And I don't have to have that drive to like get it in place. Mm-hmm. What does that feel like for you to look at it almost longingly, but not feel as though you've been able to realize it yet? It feels like it's like close, like I can dip Mm -hmm. in and out of it or I can play with it a little bit. Um, I think about our Wednesday morning group circles, like that's a space I can do it in. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And it's Mm -hmm. been a a place of observing myself in that of like, what's it like to sit here 
And we started this like once a month. It's just a group circle, group led, no facilitator. That's a really hard space to not be like, well, we should be like making the most of this time. This should be like program this thing. Yes. This needs to have some order to it. And everyone needs to be like experiencing something in it. Mm. And to just sit there quietly for like many moments of complete silence or what feels like chaos sometimes. Like, where are we headed with this? What's going on? But to feel like the safety to like just kind of enjoy that experience there and to see what that feels like. When there's debatably like three, four, maybe five nines in that group on any given. Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. Which like does give it that. And that's to me, there's like something about that that makes it as consistent as it is. Mm -hmm. Like the nines just like consistently show up and we'll, we'll do anything. We'll like, from self-defense to qigong to yoga i mean we're doing it all on those wednesdays and what's that experience like for you to have to show up to something where you're like literally anything could happen and i'm talking to caleb sorry i'm i mean (laughs) but i feel like that's how i show up a lot of times like down for whatever and it's weird that you say like anything could happen because i feel like I could, if I sat long enough, come up with some really core memories of just having to. Well, one of them is related to sports, like, which is where you found a lot yeah, of your, yeah, my strategy. Yeah, but the idea of like you played a crappy game and you're about to go to practice and you're not sure is this going to be a practice full of sprinting or is this mm. going to be a practice full of mm. like you're you're actually like going back and like learning. Usually, it was the first one. So punishment just, or empathy yeah, yeah. and learning yeah. and i do have core memories of being like well i can't change it so like i'll just forget about it until 3 45 mm-hmm. and then like face it yeah but that's that sort of like ah, anything could happen so you might as well just let it go and so those wednesday mornings are kind of like yeah i'm going to the up, office i show up all the time and then whatever we do we do but i did this last month take a month off mm-hmm. which has mm-hmm. an and I faced a lot of like interesting anxiety because I felt like it's interesting as a nine. I'm so good at being everywhere with the curse of being nowhere at the same time. But then when I willfully choose not to be somewhere and someone notices, like there's the anxiety mm. of like, there were a couple people who noticed that I wasn't there consistently. And my feeling was they were thinking something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. So then it was like this weird, Even I tried to lean into my aunt, but it made, yeah, like but that. it made me feel like I was like, it, yeah, it brought up some anxiety. Um, was the anxiety when you said, made you want to go back to the one of like, you're doing it wrong? Yeah, like I should, I should just go back. I should just go, <laughs> I should be there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Instead of like, I was like taking naps and. As you know, researching or reading and doing Drinking things. Drinking a cup that, of coffee. Just yeah. Yeah. Chilling. That felt more like me. And part of that is because I just hit a milestone. So, like, I was like, oh, I'll just take the month off. But yeah. then to, for a nine to be, to not be somewhere feels like it gets noticed. Yeah. And then that's, that feels like threatening almost. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So interesting. And Why I, do you say that? I think just. Yeah, my mind immediately went to like, would it feel like I did something wrong? But it sounds like what you're describing is more of like, no, that's a potential like conflict moment of, and I would rather just be everywhere, but nowhere and just 
you know, keep the ease and the peace where nobody's like recognizing or acknowledging that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I think I would have a very similar experience if I, if someone said like, well, I, I remember last summer, several people were like, been gone so much. Where have you been? And it was just this immediate like flare up of that must be like for this environment, that's wrong. Mm. Um, that I was away so much like traveling and doing all of these things I wanted to do, but it was like wrong in that setting. Like as an owner, I needed to be there. I needed to have a presence. And so instead of like, for me, the feeling was like, oh, this was wrong. And I, that needs to be corrected or you're wrong for assuming (laughs) that I should have had to be there the whole time. It was like Mm -hmm. a right, wrong piece. Yeah. Like you're wrong for assuming that I had to be there all the time. That to me is when you started talking, Jen, about um, a very similar reaction, I feel like my internalized representation of you would want to make sure the person is thinking well of you, but then also some anger towards them of just like, what do you mean I can't like go be with my family? Yeah, that would never happen with them. With them, yeah. <laughs> mm. That would be the the Bridger phone call on the way home. <laughs> yeah. But that, <laughs> this is yeah. But that's fascinating because when you were saying I'm wrong or you're wrong, I was wondering like, do you really feel like you're wrong or it's wrong? Because I feel like for me, I am wrong mm. and that's why I don't get angry. This I is- actually get very like, I get like I was panicky and like shut down. Like yeah. oh, I should I should just go. It feels mm. like in that situation of last summer, either I, it kind of oscillated between like it's wrong, but is it or not? Like it was this de- mm. deciphering because from my family perspective, no, it was absolutely the right thing to do. Yeah. From the work perspective, it was the wrong thing to do. And then mm. just that like conflict. But it yeah, it didn't feel like a a shame experience. Mm. But it felt like a, yeah, just incorrect role performance. Yeah, and in in two different opposing roles that are right requiring role, different wrong things. Role. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. What's that do for you? Caleb? Yeah. No, I I think it really does just solidify because I don't think I'd ever make a call to someone. I never say like, "Could you believe like what so and so did?" Or and I've really had to like work at that when someone asks like how my day was. Uh to really like take a moment and think actually tell them yeah like oh yeah actually there was this thing that i Mm -hmm. felt like was wrong but you know x y and z Mm -hmm. i i would just either say like good or maybe i'd say bad uh Uh, it wasn't the best Mm -hmm. but i would internalize that and probably not talk to talk about it yeah 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 what are you (laughs) thinking of this yeah yeah i wow i've got so much bubbling up right there in just the aspect of Let me try to capture it all. In that, I'm right. Okay? Yeah. Um, I don't posture that in a way of... For me, it's not a way of arrogance, yeah. of like middle finger up to everybody. I'm right. Like, don't I'm care right. about you. Don't care about you. Yeah. Um. Hmm. How it's resting on me, how that, what was, oh, I wish I could capture, mm. capture this as it's bubbling, is um, 
it's a depth of protection in that I might be able to see something with hovering over, excuse me, eight and being able to be far more future. Yeah. Like I can see things and kind of put things into like play into my mind. It just like kind of just comes together. together. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like, I just see it come together. You and I could talk about that because that's how I feel very much. Okay. Just about life in general. And I wonder about the 8-5 connection there yeah. as well. because I'm really curious. It's hard for me to explain. Yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but it just comes together. And if I'm going to die on the battlefield for something, I have done my research and I know and get ready because I'm, gonna, I'm going to do it. I'm right. The That's conviction. where it's like, I am right. That's it. Okay. Um, what is right for me in relationship kind of what y'all were talking about was coming up is, um, and I think this is the only way I know how to describe it. Yeah. Is, is insane saying it this way. Is, um, in that loyalist spot, in that protective spot of just know that, um, like, I will die for you. Like, if you're one of my people, like, I won't even, it doesn't even, the thought of. um, The question. Yeah, it's not even a question. It's like, of, I just see my, it's like, I feel this open posture come up Mm -hmm. and like, come back. It's like, oh, I'll die for you. No questions asked. No questions asked of, I'm right in this and I will die for you because this is, this is what it, this is the posture that I'll, I'll take in that. Yeah. Um. But then there's a sad part of me that comes in is like, um, but will you fight for me? Mm-hmm. I of uh, there's there's kind of, but I'll still stand in that stance of, I'm I'm right in this. It's yeah. it's that type of what comes up for me is you're saying that yeah. Caleb mm-hmm. of how it's internally like I'm wrong. Um, my right is far more that in kind of a protective way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. My like brain was going to. This is again the the curse of I guess yielding or molding so much as because if someone mold if someone starts it I guess it depends how someone starts the conversation because if they're like oh, I I miss you like, just to use the example of Wednesday mornings like missed you um, there yeah, yeah it would have been so f- and and missed you there is open for interpretation but like <laughs> um. You know, I would have loved if you were there. Mm-hmm. Then I can mold into a very positive space and feel great. But if it's like, hey, what's going on? You weren't there. I think the curse is that I'll mold to that. And I'll, mm-hmm. I'll just catch that. But I don't have the internal, I'll Rage call response. someone later that's like, <laughs> could you believe what they said? Or I don't have this like, I just know it's right. It like takes me a really long time, which is why turtles and sloths are equated with the nine, I guess, but like, it just takes me a really long time to get to a place of like, oh, okay, yeah, that was your thought, that wasn't my thought, yeah, and I have like a conflicting thought to that. Mm. Just there's there's just a time gap there. Yeah. Mm. So for you, when you when you take your step, when you make your move, 
there's like no going back to that space of questioning or any of that contemplation. Like I'm trying to understand that difference yeah. between mm-hmm. the nine for you where it's like an almost immediate, I'll take whatever litmus test is in the environment and that's now the reflection that it's causing me. Because like, oh, I missed you there. I hope, you know, hope you had good time doing whatever you were doing you're then freed up to say like yeah you know i'm actually just like enjoying some time yeah but if somebody were saying you know are you okay like you're usually here and you haven't been that creates a almost like a negative charge mm-hmm. for you that then you're starting to go to that space if i'm wrong and ah, i should just be easier if i went back mm-hmm. but for you if you took a month off because you wanted to rest and do that doesn't really matter Mm-mm. what other people say. I could absolutely care less. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. See, that's it's a part of the air. I would love just doing that. <laughs> and I think, yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Jen, what's happening? Yeah, so, what are you doing over there? Like, to hear I'm just like, <laughs> starstruck. <laughs> you could do that. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's so interesting. Like, Yeah. For me, it's back to what I'm saying. Like, there is a clear, in a role, in a position, like that would either be right or wrong. As an owner and a leader in the building, nope, absolutely not okay to take a month off. Wouldn't like, that wouldn't be right. Unless I had like prepared for it, explained it, had supports all around. At least around. six week notice, like you got. Yeah. Like- <laughs> but I think in like a different role, in that, that rule could change and then I could be okay with it. Because that's how I functioned, like in the group practice I worked before. I would just, I don't care. I'm not there. I don't want to be a part of it. It's fine. But it's not, there wasn't like a need for, like, mm. there wasn't a rule that was set that that was the right way to be. Yeah. So to hear that's like, oh, like, that's really nice. But it would have to align <laughs> with the rules of the world <laughs> before I could do that. It's kind of shocking. It's like, that's not you guys' experience. Yes. Yeah. Like, I freaking wow. love this. This is a, I can't imagine that. Yeah. 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 yeah the, the preparation feels most interesting in this moment. They're like, you've done the research. You're going to, and I'm speaking to Angel, you're going to like, you're going to act no remorse. Jen, you've like set up the structures. And if something, if there's a conflict, then you're going to try to figure out another structure. Yeah. To like mitigate that. Whereas, like, I could do all the prep in the fucking world. (laughs) And if someone (laughs) comes in with, like, a litmus test that says, like, I don't think that's right. I'm like, you're You're right. right. You're probably right. (laughs) Like, what could we do? And it's, like, my gut is, like, what could we do Mm -hmm. together? To, like, repair this. Create right now. Mm -hmm. Like, with your insight. Which has, like, a very positive flavor. But it has, like, this, like, I don't have a clear version of right and wrong. And I am very remorseful, like, the second it comes up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Is there anything left on that? Is that take another loop? I'm curious for a loop on more on anger, but That's I don't know. Exactly where okay. I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> That's where my Yeah. Um because I think in this we're kind of touching on you as yourself interacting with the world because you want to. And interacting with the world because you're being pulled into it, that there's that's where some of the tension really lies. Is how you want to interact with the world is very much one way, 
and then how the world sometimes treats you that pulls you into that other space. I'm wondering like if we could just start at the top of like what is anger to you as a resident of the gut triad? What does it mean? Um, yeah, I'll just leave it there. I don't want to color the commentary too much. Surprisingly, when you ask the question, what is anger to you is like uh, an immediate phrase came up that I've never really intentionally thought before, but um, it's loss of control. Mm-hmm. And like, just like, and not from a place of like, it feels scary to not be in control, but it's messy to not be in control. Mm-hmm. Like when the idea of like losing control, being angry, expressing anger, you look messy, it's less respectable, it's less ordered, like it's less right just to borrow Enneagram language with the one. Yeah. But so to me, like when I feel anger in my body, there's so much control around it. Um, even my body becomes just very like very calm in anger, mm. like very externally. You would perceive that of just like it's very mellow, very calm. I'm very like poised in my words and my language and everything is super articulate and very accurate. And there's probably, there is some blame that comes with it, but it's, you would never know it's blame, but you're going to feel bad about whatever it is that's making my body feel angry. And um, yeah, it's just very like composed. Yeah. Because it's powerful Mm. that way. Like Mm. anger is so powerful and it's like channeled like that it can do. Yeah, but it's when it gets big and like out of control and messy, like it loses its power. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's my experience. Of I love anger. it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm admiring the fact that channeling it and holding it, and you feel calm with it. Of because it is, it is like an electrical force that courses through me that. Um, it's almost like an adrenaline drip right in my solar plexus mm-hmm. that just, I mean, and in, in, it's just squirting, right? It yeah. is just, um, I have to move. I cannot sit still in it. I've got to take deep breaths. I, um, I have got to get control of it or it will control me. Mm-hmm. Um, it is... I've done again. I've just done so much reading and everything on, yeah, on being an eight. Okay, mm-hmm. hovering over this totally. number and the murderous feelings and um, energy. Yes, <laughs> yeah. that it is very real. It is. It is absolutely there. Um, mm. but I've come to lasso it and understand that um, one. I choose to call it passion. Because at the heart of it is that, again, I will die on the battlefield for you, right? If I believe in it, if I believe in you, not a thought of it. And so it's when I learn to reframe this energy, this anger as passion and begin to focus what is this passion towards what is the wisdom of anger showing me? What is it trying to tell me? And when now I've learned to take this energy and to be with that chaos, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. To allow it 
to speak to me um, and to learn from its wisdom, then I can sit down and experience exactly what you said, Jen, of to use it in a way that is so poignant, it's direct. You will not leave here with any questions of it's going to be direct, straight to the point, and rip and rip. What's holding you back now? It's been a lot of clarity, but it's taken a few years to learn to lasso Mm -hmm. um, its energy um, because I have left a lot of um, fallout in my wake in my younger years. Yeah. Picture of fallout, so visceral, mm-hmm. just like behind you, just this mm-hmm. wasteland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my brain was going to like the. There's like I think three phases of anger. There's like the most raw, untapped form. There's like if I'm forced to still be around people, form, and then there's like the healthy form. So like the most raw, untapped form of anger, I think is actually like a intense withdrawal. So I just like run, like I will move away when I'm angry. Is it, you're, t- you're talking for you? Like for me, you yeah, okay. yeah. Like I'm just like, I'm out. I like we're out of here. Like this is a disengaging anger. And then I'll go alone, do whatever I need to do to come to terms with it just in my head about the other person or the situation and then I come back and I'm totally fine. Like I in its most raw and tapped form, it doesn't really come out at people. It feels like it just it's like an implode and then I shoot out the Explode back door. Back. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is that process mm-hmm. to get to where you can come back? Like a internalizing the anger, like it's a you thing, I was the problem in it, or is it just a working through What's that? Yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit of both. I think like the my history with it, and I'm sure other nights are different, but like my history with it would be in that rawest, unhealthiest form. I would just withdraw and go find a regulation, but not come back and express the anger. Like the expression of the anger would would never happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it would just be packaged up somewhere in me. Okay, um, held. Yeah, yeah. Under Hell. chains. Hell. Like, <laughs> well, and I would usually, I usually and still have practices of going and doing physical activity mm-hmm. as the outlet of the energy, but just package up the circumstance and then kind of pull it away. In the journey to try to become more healthier, it's then the anger shows up with people. So then I try to stay there. But interestingly, what it shows up as is like this frenetic panic of trying to Mm. explain myself Mm. it's like no no no, that's not me like but like this is what i meant this is who i am and it's it's like this it's not anger at them or at Mm. the situation but it is like a flailing of like i think you misunderstood me that's not what i meant this isn't who i am and it's like this shame spiral um that has a lot of negative tendrils to it yeah um really dysregulating but then in my healthy zone i think of anger like the words i run to are like injustice and rage and it the i like that you said it's like passion because i think usually if i can hold on if i can feel my anger and express it in a way that isn't the panicked 
shame-ridden anger, then it, it usually does come out of like, hey, I'm upset about this, but it feels like there's something that's just off. And let's like talk about it. Like I'm feeling like something is unjust to me or to somebody else. So I'd like to talk about it. Um, but anger shows up in any one of those flavors. Mm-hmm. And the spaces in between those two um, for me. That unjust piece, like that is what feels like the only time I feel anger. Like I'm sure there's other contexts, but like when something is unjust or someone is. It's wrong. Wrong. It's reckless. It's, Mm. yeah, it's just like there is this, that's where I get anger. And so that's where it becomes very controlled. And I, that I will never leave that interaction being perceived as in the moment wrong Mm -hmm. (laughs) i will win every argument (laughs) it will happen and to bow out of that like i've learned that more lately like what is it like to just say Hmm. this battle isn't the one to fight right now yeah and i can step back um i used to have this strategy and my (laughs) oldest daughter can mimic me in it and i got it from my dad like mimicked him and it is just like this silent like when someone's saying something wrong <laughs> where you're not agreeing but you're not arguing it's like oh. the most powerful like hold. coveted position it's a hold oh. yeah yes. and <laughs> right into my hand <laughs> and i have cadence our oldest is the one who was like i hate when you do that and she was like the first who reflected it to me and I had to like start saying on it and i know the look on my dad and i hated it when he did it too hmm. but it is like i was using that and i think it still would show up from time to time but i have caught myself so many times of like i'm still in a place of saying you need to know i don't agree with you you need to know you're wrong but i'm not going to say it i'm not going to like Engage. get into the battle with you but i'll just say hmm. i'll show you yes but you'll know like i need you to know before we end this interaction that you're wrong and yeah mm. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a stone cold. Is there like a stone coldness to that? Yeah, oh totally. Yeah. Like whatever you say is not going to phase or convince. Like you just as well stop. Yeah. Trying. Yeah. <laughs> and the eyebrows. Did you see them? <laughs> no, I feel so resonant to that. Like I think there are times where, if I'm not, I, I I would consider it closer to my health of anger, but it's not there yet. <laughs> um, but it is a, a sort of stone cold, just like. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yes. You do <laughs> oh that face. Yes, I know that. Oh, that I know that so face. weird to mm. hear. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, or like, yeah, I'll, yeah, I can see why you say that. Like, but nothing about me. It's it's just holding all right. of that. But it's in the stone cold way. It's Out not there. The yeah. Expressive way. I resonate so much. To that. Wow. When the two wing, it would be me like trying to make them feel comfortable enough. But then it's like to the one in me, it's like, but if it's wrong, like, I don't want to cause like this conflict and friction and and make this big moment out of it. I'm going to maintain like my composure, but you have to know, like, I can't dare empathize too much with what you're saying because you'll think I am in alignment with that wrong thing. Or excusing it. So I have to make it very clear that I am like on the other side of that. And this, uh, I'm... This is getting into maybe another conversation, so we can we can stay with this. But I am curious: does it feel energy related at all? Like energy conserving to not engage? Like, 
does it have like a it's not worth it connotation or is it is that like not in no it's so worth it but it (laughs) (laughs) i was feeling that yeah no it's worth it it's so worth it to the point of like yeah it's very much it it's worth it but it is less it's if you get messy you lose your power in it right like okay yeah if you Mm -hmm. slip into the argument like out of control yes Mm -hmm. you're you're losing your power stance in that position Mm. (laughs) you're cringing (laughs) just like it's it to me it's just so amazing that we get to have this conversation because exactly what you're talking about jen there's a part of me that admires that because i understand i agree with the logic of what you're saying to me anger that's out is and i don't want to offend anybody but this is just like from my (laughs) from my growing up and how i see it it's inefficient yeah it 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 has such more potential if it's pointed Mm -hmm. deliberate channeled Mm -hmm. and direct and knows when it's been accomplished Mm -hmm. so i can like pour it on and it's ruthless like Mm -hmm. savage but then it's done confrontational yep love it. and then it's just there (laughs) yes and how 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 calculated Mm -hmm. it is (laughs) 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 yeah i just had angel said i love it and i was just like oh god (laughs) i hate it yeah i hate it but I, I will love it maybe similar to Jen. I will love it if I can point it and like hold it and direct it. But the time it takes me to get there, that's why I, I was wondering about the energy. Cause like, and it does relate to the efficiency of like, I think sometimes like the amount of time, and I struggle to communicate this with people, the amount of time it's going to take me to actually communicate what I'm angry about and find that find it yeah is just like it's not worth it for this like thing like Mm. we can just kind of forget about it for Mm -hmm. like we can just let it go but i have to like dig for it which is like the the turtle like i'll get to conflict and when i get there i can be ruthless and just like just Mm -hmm. a an interesting human yeah to put it kindly but i'm slow to get there whereas like angel i heard you like i love it and i'm like yes Nice. Nice. <laughs> what is the experience of loving? Like, I, I want to hear about that because I love the confrontation. I just I dig don't it. don't love it, but we're what sweating. Is, yeah. What does it like when you say you love it? Like, what does it do for you? It's a release, it's an energy mm. release. Yeah. So, kind of like you're saying, is it worth it? She's like saying, Yeah, you're it saying you like, release it. I'm saying, like, I have, I have to build it. <laughs> Like, I have to, like, get energy for that. You're worth, or, like, you're, like, let's just implode it. That'd be way better. Yeah. Than to, like, try and put it out there. Put it out there, no. Well, it requires you to retrieve it from the dissociation. Like, it's in there. I have to, to like, retrieve it and bring it forward. And you're, like, it is living in there alive. And I I get to, like, release it. Yeah. It has to be. open. Yes, it has to be. It has to be released. It has Mm. to. But again, I think age has taught me to release it directionally, like, yeah. and be able to have control over it because it is a powerful, powerful tool yeah. um, to be able to use 
and to direct and yeah i think i don't mean to come into the space as but for me i think my life showed me that that wasn't going to be possible mm. for me like the eight as you're talking about it like that energy of i just like it, it just feels right to just like mm-hmm. you know just be out and like this is just like i'm like right here mm-hmm. no retreating back but for me it, that was not gonna work so i think i did an interesting version of like the implosion but it was like in and then like way into my head mm-hmm. into the space of like i don't even have to really feel it mm-hmm. um yeah yeah well and nines fives and fours share the horn of yin type yeah that is withdraw mm-hmm. um you withdraw up fours yeah. withdraw down yeah i just withdraw and stay still inside <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Mm. to live at that level of sympathetic activation that would be an interesting experience well, it's, I mean, just think of it. Uh, let me put this together for you. Yeah. Uh, of like, kind of like what you said, of nines, fives, and fours having the least amount of energy. Yeah. Right? Sevens, eights, and threes having the greatest Great amount stuff. of energy, and eight having the greatest of all. Of to be able to manage a seven and an eights energy. That I think that leads to why the nine can be really peaceful for me and rest filled. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, um, growing up, I had the nickname in my family as Nervous Tildy. Like, I didn't ever even know what that was. And it wasn't until I got a lot older and started to realize and looking back at my younger self of I was always, I was always jittery, picking, just vibrating. Always on the go. Yeah, yeah, of I can remember that energy. I was a runner, and I would just zoom. I would just take off and just run across town da, 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 da. of no big yeah. deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's. So it has to have a release. It has to way. have a release. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, like, as a kid, like very young kid, and, and I was processing this with my parents just recently. Um, my parents would say, like, I was a terrible kid. Like up until the age of five, I was so angry. I was like your classic little Irish kid. Like everything made me pissed. And I was just like walking around ready to destroy things. Punching stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But they said the moment I made a drastic shift was when I started to be able to play sports. Mm. And I had a a place that I could Mm -hmm. put the energy. And and then I was just, I was very easy going everywhere else. Very docile. But even in sports, like that's where my, (laughs) I think that's maybe where some aid Mm -hmm. energy was coming out. I'd, I'd turn into a terrible person. Like morally, on any soccer field. Yeah, I, yeah. And then, like the second the whistle blows and the game's over, I'm like, "All right, are we getting like pizza? What are we doing?" And I was just like screaming at someone. But yeah, I found. I guess I found where to put that energy. Yes. Because I would say I'm a pretty energetic human. Um, I just found my inertia, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and sports are such a great training ground for dissociation, too. Like, oh. <laughs> like being able to like, direct it. And then this, this is where you do completely shut mm-hmm. it down, yeah. push it away, mm-hmm. go yeah. clap hands at the other person that you just about ripped the head off. <laughs> I do have a question for you, Caleb, though, because, and this is just selfish on my part, but 
what was it like when your injuries started to well that was collapse yeah like utter mm. strategy collapse like i'd say that's that's where like the the depression or just the softness was everywhere mm. um like identity shattered because yeah. i didn't have a place to put the energy that you'd been accustomed so then to the energy was not years. as dissociated so then as it, it was hovering up there but then i was fighting it so then rather than being able to kind of fluid it fluidly kind of be in states and be everywhere but nowhere i was just nowhere because mm. if i got happy then that activation would come up and then i might be happy sad angry you know all the feelings all the feelings yeah so then i just stay total down. shut down yeah have you each had experiences like like that where you saw your strategy crumble the one you'd been using to handle that tension We've talked about mm -hmm. my car accident. Yeah. That I, uh, I wonder, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious about if it was less of seeing like a failure in strategy and more of like being in that seven, like mm -hmm. being in a, a season of seven and then this really like significant reminder of nope. And like yeah. the messaging around that was very much mm -hmm. in like a right, wrong realm, I guess. Um, so like in high school, and I don't know if you would call that seven. I don't know enough about, yeah, what that would look like, but my yeah. mind's kind of making sense of it through that of still toying with, um, I was much more like you described, like I could be the life of a party, like entertain a room, especially if alcohol was involved. Like that was like this, like open door into like shedding some of those like more, rigid have to be the right way and so definitely just like loved to adventure and explore and and feel wild and um, spontaneous and alcohol was part of it often and i had a really bad car accident that um in high school that then fortunately like everyone survived but it was like a really close scary scary situation could and have so, been the end of everyone's yes, life yes yeah and so it, and I was driving. And mm -hmm. so it, then it came in like into this place of um, like, I've got to like now do all every, like do that right and really advocate for not drinking and driving and like became this like really, really like loud person in my school of like, if you're going to a party, I will be there and I will drive you home and like <laughs> had to like enforce this like right way to do it. But the messaging around that accident was really, supportive to me at the time but i can see how it like led into this just galvanized the yeah mm -hmm. like we like there was this uh yeah uh, capturing that moment of like this determines your you have purpose in life now because of this event like mm -hmm. you need to find what it is mm -hmm. and you need to carry it out and go for it full force and you could have lost that opportunity and you you know been given a second chance at it and it all felt good for me in that season to kind of like pull out of some of the risky behaviors I was engaging in, but also there was a lot of messaging around like there was a direction and don't fall off that track, don't live too recklessly, don't explore like interests and desires too much outside of what that focus is. Yeah. 
So I think that's a moment that comes up of like really shaping this like then from that point forward, super high achieving, completed undergrad in two and a half years, summa cum laude, like Mm. on track, would not screw up again. Mm. Yeah, that channeled energy that you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Angel, does anything come up for you? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was being in a, we'd moved to, um, a very rural community, having moved from, um, a, a very city filled life, um, and, um, in this very rural filled community of being so different Mm. from where we came, where we moved from, which was Las Vegas. Mm. Okay. And it's kind of important to kind of that piece. And we (laughs) moved to this really rural um, farming community of like 20,000 people. Wow. And we land there and um, it just was not a fit. And I was just continually reminded and continually challenged. And um, with my husband's profession and um, my the carryover that brings to my life, mm. um, it just was not a match for me mm. and that area. And um, really went into um, like a state that I'd never experienced before. Such a dark, mm. dark, dark space. But that's when I, I think I tapped into, um, that's where I'll say the five was very, ended up being very, that's where I decided, hey, I'm going to get my master's. I'm going to, yeah, right? That's kind of where I could put that energy toward and use dig in yes while dig you're down in, in yes. the bunker uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yep and and identify myself differently because um that seven strategy was not working yeah. it was getting me into a lot mm-hmm. of trouble um uh, because it was too different it was too much and um within that community and um the structure of my husband's profession Again, and what that brings on me, having been an eight, and the challenge that that, that brought was really ugly, um, especially in that point in time, mm. and was really unbearable. And so it was just kind of, I, I had to do something um, or implode. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was able to um, find myself. Um, in that stress number, being mm-hmm. able to go there, we're given it for a reason, Absolutely. right? We have permission. It's not bad. No, no, it's not bad. Um, but to be able to to use that in a way that I never thought I would ever use it before. Yeah. So that's that would be the way that it, it for helped. you was there mm-hmm. a a progressive coming back to center through your master's program like Mm -hmm. how did that oh oh yes 
Oh yes, that's mm. um, yeah. I was I was introduced to EMDR. I mean, it was right. It became life changing yeah. for me of realizing um, one of the vulnerable pieces of um, having been a, a teacher and knowing test anxiety in students and that it is a real thing and confronting my own when it comes to kind of all those tests and everything that we have to yeah we have to do and um being introduced to emdr i mean that's literally how life-changing yeah. that point in time was for me was it set me on the course of wow this is kind of intriguing and hmm, i'd like to go there and never realize that i am living in a for me, a traumatic experience, um, and I can survive this. This is you're built to. I, yeah, I am built to do this, and this work is incredible. And so that's wow. that is how I discovered a part of me that um, I could definitely bring forward in the midst of something that was really um, a dark time, and like I was collapsing. Yeah, very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Did you have a, a realization after sports of what was going to be? Because you mentioned that collapse, Caleb, and I'm curious, like, what came to you as here's a, a way out of this? Mm. It, was, it was very slow. Mm. I think I went more towards, I don't know, I feel like people had to see it in my life, but. Just looking at the pictures of who you were then versus yeah. who you are now, yeah. you can see yeah. the difference. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I trended more towards trying to be everywhere more often mm -hmm. um, and everywhere with people more often. So, I've, Do you feel like that was the six yeah. kind of saying like you don't know if you're going to be yeah. safe? Yeah, like, just to at least be around people. Yeah. So yeah. like I was on college campus i was again like everywhere um just trying to be around people as much as possible um, yeah yeah I, but i think like man i i was slow to shift yeah i was like everywhere but like it took a while for me to be like whoa this is because i have like a strategy and um it didn't feel quick at all it felt very slow to come to an awareness of it but yeah yeah i would say the one was also a, a big support because then i went to academia mm -hmm. like, well i just read a ton of books and <laughs> get really smart and then let that take be around people and yeah. we'll see what happens we'll see what happens yeah and here we are yep. <laughs> and, <laughs> literally Thank goodness. yeah, yeah no. that's where we met so yeah yeah I'm curious what you make of each other's kind of stories there. If anything came up or. It just highlights the beauty in how we are all shaped to be who we are and what that journey is. And that's not unique, obviously, mm -hmm. to the three of us or four of us. But mm -hmm. I feel like the Enneagram can help tell these stories mm -hmm. so beautifully oh. mm -hmm. in a way that other people can like hear them and feel them with us yeah that's yeah. neat to have a shared language to be able to sit and talk about these things so rad. yeah learn those about you guys mm -hmm. yeah yeah strategy is okay it can be useful 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's when they get away from us. Know its function. Yes. And what its focus. Yes. When over-applied be. can be yeah. detrimental. Mm-hmm. I think we've all kind of seen that. Mm-hmm. One of the questions I did have as you were talking, Caleb, is was there an exhaustion to the being around people? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that was probably... And I have... My partner gets so pissed at me right now because I am so trained, like not intentionally, that I will go until I get horizontal. And then the (laughs) second I'm horizontal, like a deep sleep dissociation takes over. And I'm out. Like to good slowly luck. recharge Wait, the yeah, battery. <laughs> yeah, she'll even say like, "Do you do you remember the conversation last night? I'm like, I had a conversation with you last night. Like, I was gone." And she's like, "No yeah. drinking involved. You yeah, were just no. Like- I was just asleep." <laughs> okay, and- we need her and I need to go get coffee and just rant about this because Ryan does the exact same. Thing. Well, but so Ryan's a three, yes, and he probably pulls into the the nine a little bit. But it really is like I will go, and I think I learned this in this time period of like. I will be around everybody and I'll stay in freaking steak and shake till 1 a.m. But I swear to God, the second I hit my pillow, no one's going to talk to me because you can't. You can't wake me you up. You physically cannot. I'm, I'm done. I'm tapped out. I'm, but that, I think the nine, I relate a lot to fives in the energy reserve of like yeah. when I've hit my limit, you'll know. And that's what, because we've talked about this before, you and I, Caleb, about um, it is, and I feel like we've talked about it, we've connected on the anger that's there, like almost like the resentment of, it, I, I've allotted this much hmm. for today. Mm-hmm. Only this much. Mm-hmm. And if you are the person mm-hmm. that bumps it up one more notch, <laughs> like, how long <laughs> is this going to be? Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. 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 When I, I wonder what you guys how do you do this? <laughs> because I have regimented where my flexibility can be. So like, okay, work. I know that roughly between 8 and 6, maybe 7 p.m. I can be really flexible. People can cancel, people can shift, and I can kind of mold with that. But if someone was to ask me to see them last minute beyond that time period, there's something very visceral in my body that is just like pissed and like no and but it's a fear of consumption like i don't want to be consumed Mm -hmm. it'll be too much Mm -hmm. like it will eat into my reserves yeah and if that if that goes away like what am i supposed to do yeah do you fear angel consumption like being consumed like being asked to do too much no because i could care less my no is no but i also understand the value of my no here is a yes here Hmm. 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 Yeah. But I also have being still is really hard. Like mm. stillness, silence, and solitude, I can manage. Like those are desirable. Stillness. Well, can you help? Really What's hard. the difference there to you? Like in how you feel it. The the stillness. It's just hard to sit in, be still, mm-hmm. to just embody no movement yeah. that's that's really mm. really hard i don't look forward to it mm. so consumption i 
I think I have a hard time. Like, I, like you're always moving, so who's going to consume you? Yeah. Like, yeah. But there's that, remember, there's that lust part too, right? Yeah. Which Want can be, to consume. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I do have to pay attention um, to the extremes. Yeah. Because I, I can go to extremes really easy. Yeah, like when, you've, when you were talking about how much hope and promise you found in EMDR, was there like, I just want to do this all the time? Oh, yes. 10 hours a day? Like, yes. Yeah. So yes. like same scenario for what Kayla was describing. Mm-hmm. Like if you've got... <laughs> <laughs> I just want to put it, my brain went to like, yeah, EMDR is great. Like, that's like the minimum I could do, but just get by. <laughs> Look at that. Yes, like, that is the difference to me. Like, I think I could do this for like four hours a day. That feels right. And like, that's all I do. Like, I I went seven to seven. Yeah. Right? On on Monday of like, yeah. this is. And how were you at the end of that? I was, I, I was tired, but it's like, I love even more. I love this job. I love EMDR even more. Like, it just energizes me. It's weird because I'm not having a reaction because I, I does it like the being consumed or consuming doesn't feel like it's resonating with me at all. Yeah. Like I'm trying to think, well, which one do I like? Where do I land? <laughs> I, what does it feel like? I think you have something else. Does it feel like that's, I hear people say that. I've heard Melissa say that phrase a lot. Like it's just not, I, I don't know, doesn't connect with me at all. The closest thing I could get is feeling, it's, and it's mostly my children, but like feeling like there's so much need and there's not enough of me mm-hmm. for four kids and a husband and like, and the emotional needs of all of them. Mm-hmm. And when I give it to this one, it means I'm directly depriving it from this one in certain moments. Like, that's the closest I can feel, but it doesn't feel like a being consumed. It's like, I wish I had more of me to distribute. Yeah. But I don't know. Something. You're, mm-hmm. you're someone who, at least in my experience of you, Jen, a 12-hour day was planned Yeah. for a specific reason mm-hmm. because it will allow you to be somewhere else on the days that aren't exactly. the 12-hour yes. days. That's very true. So to me, it's almost... It's almost kind of like a a beautiful completion of the picture here, where for you it's like minimum, maximum. You deliver it. Like mm. it's planned, it's specific, it's an investment because if I do 12 hours here, that means I can be with my kids all day right. the next day or the and day I before. And I won't do it unless that can is happen. a piece of it, unless it's I will move this piece over to this piece so that that's more free. Like I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I would not add somebody at six o'clock at night, seven o'clock at night, just because <laughs> yeah. it would have to be counterbalanced. Yeah. Which just makes, I don't know we're at a time, but it does make me wonder about your guys' perception of time. Because you're talking about moving things for days and weeks, like organizing weeks and days. And- oh my gosh. She'll send me calendar invites for June of next year. Okay. Like- wow. <laughs> How do you live your life? <laughs> Okay, that wouldn't be how I lived if I was doing any other job, but we're scheduling. That's not even true, Jen. How could you say that? June of next year, probably not. 
yeah, okay, Virginia, you're probably right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> We're scheduling wow. stuff that far. You have to. You're using right now. You're doing the strategy. Like, <laughs> you're justifying. <laughs> With the role. Because every time, no joke, and this is again, ones and fives are so this funny. This is our, our conflict of She'll scheduling. Ask me about, she asked me about December of this year. This is reasonable. But for me, it, it literally trips the same tripwire in my body of like, it's in the future. future. I don't know. Sure. Or I don't know. Maybe not. Like, whatever. We had a conversation where he's like, I don't know if I'm alive. I'm literally planning a training. <laughs> Bye. I'm like communicating publicly That's how these I dates. Feel, and though. I was like, okay, given you're alive and nothing catastrophic, will you be there yes. at this time? Can, I can you say commit confidently. this to me? Yes. You were still like, mm, I mean, I mean, I think so. That, that's what you get. I think I will like, be. The if of it is the whole thing for me, which is just spins me out into like, I don't know. I'm very curious to hear the the answer to the question you asked. Caleb, like, how do you live your life? Because for me, time doesn't make any sense except for right now and before. Later, it it just feels to me like so amorphous. If we're there to experience it together, then we'll be. But if we're not, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to let you down. <laughs> I don't want to, like, <laughs> agree that I'll be there. Like, I'm going to try to. It's genuinely not like a flakiness. <laughs> it's not like making you mad right <laughs> I now. try to. So much. I'm not trying to, like, yeah. It's just genuinely. No, I, I, I feel resonant <laughs> with it. I think my only caveat would be my gut response is, like, if you asked me about December, I'd say, well, yeah, you can do anything with my calendar in December. I'll just like work around it. Like put whatever dates you want down and I'll just work around it. It's like, yeah. Like if you catch me far enough, so, so you have like, full control you tell of my me, calendar. You tell me where to be in December. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll probably be gone the last weekend, but like you choose a date. And and, like, like your birthday. I can work <laughs> around it. <laughs> well, yeah. You didn't even say why. <laughs> you yeah. yielder. Like, <laughs> Yeah, could you not just like maybe choose these days? It's the 28th, that's going to be really hard for me. (laughs) It's his birthday. Yeah. Angel, I'm curious (laughs) how you, because I don't have the forward thinking time piece, but I'm curious if you do or are you more like present oriented? I, I'm not planned as far out as Jen. Okay. But here's also where my planning is, and I think the seven comes in, is, but unless something more fun comes in, I can commit to that. But if something more fun comes in, uh, uh, I may have to, may have to figure Hmm. something different. And are you fine, even if that fun thing came up like the day of, would you try and still be like, okay, maybe I can... Move stuff around. Yes. Yeah. See, that's where, because I think I'm, no. no. <laughs> even, if some, if, even if I've had moments, my brother makes fun of me so much because there's one time where I was in high school and my mom and my brother called me and they're like, we're going on a weekend trip to Florida, spur the moment. And my nineness was just like, ah, you guys go ahead. And it wasn't because I didn't want to go to Florida. It was just because I already had my weekend kind of organized as far as like (laughs) energy output and Florida was going to cost a lot. on the 
docket wasn't for this expected. Month way blew the monthly budget out of the water. Yeah. And I was like, meh. Like, you guys go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and they did force me and it was good. But Oh, they forced you. <laughs> well, like with some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I eventually yielded. So um <laughs> but I think like I'm not future oriented, but I'm not like a day changer. Like I'm like somewhere in the middle. So for me, I'm sorry, I'm just like jumping into this, but it's been too long. I can't hold the interviewer persona for very long. <laughs> uh, for me, I will change it if it means I can withdraw. Hmm. I you will, will never... change the plan if oh. it means like withdrawing, Let not the more you. fun. But that the... is like the biggest <laughs> ecstasy. Cancel plans are literally like heroin. Like I mean, it is just like I cannot tell you if somebody sends me a cancel or they're like, literally this happened the other day. Somebody said, "Can you do thirty minutes later?" And I was just like, "We could just like do it tomorrow," even though like that means things will bump. Like uh-huh. just mm-hmm. just the mess that it created in me internally was just like that. And then I said that they said, "Well, how about next week?" And I was like, "Sounds good." <laughs> like just like thank you like and then that meant like i had an hour that that's for me as like the five i just like covet that time it's like a utopia it doesn't nothing really happened in that hour but that's the beauty of it for me it's just like i wonder if that's how you feel about the fun thing like if it's the fun and i have an opportunity to take advantage of it when it's planned i'm gonna do that Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. i would fill that hour with a task that I had planned for sometime later yes. that week to maximize. Like, why well, I was already planning to do mm-hmm. something this hour, so I'll get it done. It'll be accomplished, and then I'll have that free time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm more like you, Bridger. I'm like sick an hour. Just like drink a cup of coffee or sit yeah. down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I will literally just let my brain wander probably yes. for an hour, and then do exactly like, mm-hmm. what I do. All right, there's the next thing I have planned. Cool. That's exactly what I do. Mm-hmm. I want to find more comfort in that. Yes. I've been like Me too. practicing that in the large space downstairs of like, no, it's meaningful. It's <laughs> it's meaningful time to just talk to these people right now. Oh, no, that's <laughs> how you, that's how them, but I'm like, well, that, there's your first problem. You're doing it wrong. You're trying to spend time around people. <laughs> that's like the worst. Like if you're going to like have just a free hour, you just got to be by yourself. <laughs> that's how I feel. Better. Yeah. Yeah. I think I oscillate. Okay. It, de- it depends. Because if I have, yeah, it, it depends. Sometimes I'll be like, yeah, I want to go kind of just be around people, but I don't want any expectations about it. Yeah. I don't want, I don't want you to think that I'm going to talk to you about too much <laughs> because then I'll get stuck. Kind of seen into yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but I do kind of want to like chill, float around. Yeah, just be around people yeah. most of the time. So would that feel, with no expectations for you, Jen, if you were just able to like be in a space for a free hour would that fill you up like would that feel good to you i I feel like i don't know because i don't do it so i don't even know what that would like i really i would fill it if i was left to my own devices i would fill it with something productive in my home at work like i would fill it for sure and the the problem with that strategy is you never get to the place where there's not something on the list to do and so, like, calm and stillness is, like, I don't even know what that looks like. Like, I don't know what boredom feels like because I will always fill it with something. 
But if I am with people, I can prioritize the value of social connections over yeah. like getting something done. But it has to, I have to like convince myself of like I could sit here and just like cram out this email or do that thing I needed to do, do the laundry. Or I can say I really intentionally want to sit down and just like connect and have conversation. And I will thoroughly enjoy that. But I have to be okay first with the cost of what I won't get done in order to do it. Mm. Yeah. So to just let your mind wander for an hour is like boredom? No. I just wouldn't. That wouldn't be boredom. I just would fill it first. Like it wouldn't feel as valuable. So I would say like the shower is the one space and I will stay in there. Like I'll be like, if I'm stressed, I'm like, I got to go take a shower and I can just stay in there. And that's like, there's nothing I can get done productive in here. You can only do so much in the shower. And then it's like, I'm locked in here and I can't do anything and no one can access me. Mm. And that's where my mind, I would be able to like drift into just thought. It. And I, it's like, that's my place of like bliss. Refuge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it has like the boundary around. Yeah, the label of like mm-hmm. I'm showering. Like <laughs> this is a role that is acceptable to everybody else. Mm-hmm. No one can come in. Uh-huh. But personal hygiene. Yeah. Take care of myself. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. And I'll, I'll be curious coming out of like parenting small people what that will look like yeah. because it's just like that is you have to find a space to find your quiet or they will find you. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good boundaried space. Like that might be able to become a more free experience in other spaces, but yeah. not yeah. in my home. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> What's time like for you, Angel? Yeah, I sitting and thinking isn't, I will feel isn't it. Good. Yeah, yeah, I will feel it. I. I have a hard time sitting and watching TV or watching a movie um, and not moving, not sitting still. It's very, it's just very difficult Mm. to hone in. It takes a lot of energy to hone in. And at that juncture, I might as well just go to sleep. Mm. And so I will. Yeah. Typically. So for planning like a week, you're optimizing for like fulfillment or how would you say it? like fun i know you said that but when there's like work going on and mm-hmm. which can definitely be fun but like what are you trying to make happen in that week as much as i possibly can whoa absolutely <laughs> as much as i possibly can yeah okay i mean the weeks go by really fast yeah because there's you're just going yeah but do you love that do you love that it goes by fast no, I don't love that it goes okay. by fast. No, I don't love that it goes by fast. Um, Just a byproduct of yeah. doing as much as you can mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that like externally demands that you do as much as you possibly can? Or is that like an internal it's, motivation? It's internal. And like I, I honestly do not know how to turn it off. I don't know how to, mm-hmm. to not. Yeah, and I, I don't. Or do. I think we'd be, we haven't named it explicitly, but the I'm right for the eights, it's right for the ones, and you're right for the nines. To me, there's so much resonance with what we're talking about with like time, even. Um, With you, 
Angel, you're talking about it's right, like, or uh, I'm right as this is just what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't stray from this. It, mm-hmm. not, that, not that, like, it would be a bad thing for me to stray from it. I literally can't mm-hmm. do it. Life wouldn't go on. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be alive. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just is this resolute self-conviction that to be alive is to be doing everything I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For you, Caleb, of, like, you're right. So much of your life and the energy and the time allotted is to go out and meet mm-hmm. other people's yeah. expectations. Yeah. It's very much a snake that eats itself. Like, yeah. Mm. That's where my fear of consumption comes in. Never time for you. Yeah. Yeah. And Jen, it's right. Like, that's where the planning is king. <laughs> because in that equation, you can schedule out and I can almost to see like just loving that like a year long calendar. Cause you're like, if I notify these people, if I cancel podcast recording on July 27th, <laughs> which is a real thing that I just got, yeah. <laughs> I got a notification that Jen canceled the podcast recording July 27th, which to me is an arbitrary agreement of time. Like I didn't even know that I agreed to be there, but I guess I did. And then she canceled so on me. <laughs> he doesn't even know he agreed to be there. <laughs> It's in July. He <laughs> has the equipment. I'll be there. I promise. <laughs> if I'm there, though, is the thing. <laughs> I'm around. Um, but I'm sorry. I frustrate you so much. But no, I'm just so glad we can talk about it. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> we went through a season of just feeling it and not knowing how to talk about it. I didn't know I was hurting Tough. Jen's feelings by feeling on the edge of a black hole all the time. With time, just like. I don't really know. Um, <laughs> but just love for you, Jen, just loving that year-long calendar because you can insert into that matrix the law of the land for like who gets how much time of me? What do I need to do to protect all of that time? It all the appointments just line themselves out. Yep. And without it. Right. Yeah. For me, that in like being that busy is not an internal motivation of like a my own it feels like it's a demand of my environment but it's interesting because i keep perpetuating that environment yeah but in order to to like i don't want to keep using the right but that's what's coming going in order to like accomplish each of those things in the way in which i want to accomplish them or to fulfill my commitments and things like it has to be coordinated and planned out because if that wasn't, then it would feel like doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you said that I keep perpetuating those environments. Because yeah. I think that's like the fascinating part about the Enneagram is it really shows your, like, the strong leaning on a strategy actually keeps your greatest fear closer yeah, to you. It nullifies mm-hmm. like, the benefit. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm because I'm so oriented towards, like, just, like, molding and shifting that I'm, I get so bitter when I don't have enough time for myself, but I keep perpetuating <laughs> mm-hmm. the fact that I don't have any time for myself. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And it's this tension of like, okay, I got to kick out of this nine, got to kick out of the one, go to a different number and yep. try some different strategies. Yeah. That to me, it's, it's the fantasy of our strategies because for me, I don't feel any more rested after a day that I just had total autonomy with my withdrawal. 
Like if I just get into that really hard, I don't feel better than if I did a full day of work. But something in me says I will. Yeah. It's like, no, no, you should. You could just go like sit down somewhere. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> like, is that, is how it feels to me. Or like, you could literally just go sit on your front porch and just like stare out at the pond for an hour. And Olivia gets so frustrated of just like, where are you? Mm -hmm. I don't really know. But it never makes me feel better. Mm. It's so interesting. Mm. Yeah, the I feel like I can find reprieve in these little short doses, but it's I think you were saying it's like a it's like heroin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, these little like, short doses, but then it's immediately like like when I'm thinking of like completing a to do list or like if I just like power really hard for an hour, like. I'll finally get that and I can get that, but it's very short lived. And then it's like perpetuates another round yeah, of it and another round. Tell me that you're just like watching the the sales numbers. Like you're just like, is there gonna be another like who do I need to talk yeah. to? How do I need to do this more? How do I yeah. Yep. Another round of it. And I think it is when you when you were saying that, Bridget, like if you if you were to just like give everything to your strategy, it wouldn't actually be it doesn't ever it achieve. <laughs> that thing that you were hoping it would yeah angel i hear that as well when you're saying i don't love that the week goes by so fast mm -hmm. but it just that, it does that by going all out all the time you'll feel like you've you're full mm -hmm. it's like nope nope mm. Any last questions, reflections of this time? Love to just hear what it's been like. Feels like group therapy. Like really good, solid, yes. yeah. solid session. Group yes. therapy. Yeah. Yes. It really does. Yeah. I want to yeah. come be really <laughs> selfishly. I just want to come sit with the other groups <laughs> and like observe them and be like, what do you guys think about How time? How do you do time? What do you guys think about anger? What do you guys? <laughs> yeah. Because I feel like it's really helpful to feel the flavors and like knowing that I wing into both of you, mm -hmm. like feeling the flavors and connection. I was like, oh yeah, I can really, like, yeah, it does feel odd. And it's like, oh, you don't experience that right. or those moments. But then I almost wonder if like, I don't know, a two, three, four, or a, yeah, two, three, four combo. Hard triad. I'm probably like, who the hell are you guys? <laughs> yeah, what is going on? <laughs> Gotta go. How do yeah. you how do you do any of what, what you're, you're doing? doing? Yeah. Yeah. Which for your for your type, Caleb, that you know, you're at you're the top of the triangle. Straight divide. Mm -hmm. Straight divide, and you go to all you have everything. Mm -hmm. You have the heart, you've got the head, you've got the gut. But yeah, I mean, it is looking at that heart triad over there. Yeah. Oh, no, no, yeah. oh, trust me, I've been stressed. I've been in my head. <laughs> I've been in my head. But the heart people, I would love to just sit and be like listening to them, which I guess I can because this is a podcast. You will be able to. But I do want to sit with them and ask them the same questions. Yeah. Mm. Are we going to have a reunion at the end? That's really sweet. Yeah, Where, what like, do you mean? Every person who's interviewed comes together and then we all talk about oh that'd be so oh, that'd sick be, that would be really Whoa. fun 
So then we have nine people talking about what it is to be. Okay. I'm in. I'm going to have to think about it. I've got eight inputs in. on this thing. <laughs> Someone, maybe people would have to be on Zoom or. Oh, that, you know. We could do that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What an incredible hour and sometimes. Maybe three ID. hours. Yeah. <laughs> we might need to Dude, walk. That's a great idea. I love it. Cool. Yep. It's going to be fun moderating that. <laughs> I, will, I will be reaching out with calendar invites. <laughs> Jesus Christ. She's already got it. It's in the future when you know it. Like, <laughs> She's mapping out how many weeks of podcast recordings <laughs> equals. I mean, honestly, yes, that's happened yeah. many times. Seriously. Yeah. It's, it's all right, man. We'll, we'll bilateral <laughs> later. I'm fine. <laughs> Just made up. Well, thank you all for your generosity and the time. I'm really thankful. This was one of my favorite conversations. Uh, just got to be so honest, and I really appreciate that. I know talking about this is, like, I don't know. I think for this group, I don't know if, if anything was hard to talk about or it felt, I don't felt know. safe. To mm-hmm. me, it felt meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. just good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Maybe listening to it over the course of a couple of days because uh, we did go <laughs> long here. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but um, speaking of time, that's right. Speaking of time, <laughs> um, yeah. Stick around for more. Um, we've got a lot more conversations like this to mm-hmm. be had. Thank you. We hope that you've enjoyed this podcast episode and that it will aid you in your healing journey. If you are feeling inspired by something that you heard today and desire to seek out your own therapy, we would encourage you to do so and would be honored to support you in finding a therapist that is the right fit for you. You can contact us by emailing therapy at beyondhealingcenter.com. If you want to stay connected, please subscribe to this podcast for more episodes, leave us a review, and follow us on social media by searching Beyond Trauma Podcast. Thank you.